Hello, my name is Wallace, and I'm a pastor. It is my hope to share the Word of God with you today, that your heart and mind may be transformed by the proclamation of its truth, and that the Holy Spirit would use that truth and transform your heart and mind for His glory. And so today I want to share with you this idea that there is a deception and temptation to live in the worldly now. And if I can be honest with you and just be frank with you, I just want to illustrate this by using some personal stuff regarding sports and professional success. You see, when I was a young boy, I was pretty good at sports. I was a standout. I had grown pretty quickly and had a pretty pretty uh, fast growth spurt. And I, therefore, I was bigger and taller. I was faster than most kids. And so in that elementary time frame where I was playing playground ball, I made all the teams. I was always first to be picked. I made the all-star team after the season. I made the traveling teams where we had special jackets and special treatment and uniforms. And, you know, we made the list and we were representing our area, our region. That began to really fill my ego and uh, it felt good. Um, And that was the beginning, I think, of some habit of uh, feeling good now, being recognized, pat on the back, uh, uh, being identified as as really good and and, uh, received lots of accolades. Well, I began began to uh, desire that and thirst for it more. And it drove me and, and I continued in sports and through junior high and high school, did very well and was fortunate enough to to go to college on scholarship and receive some scholarship funds to go to school, which was uh, quite a blessing. At the time, I didn't know what God was doing. I wasn't a Christian at the time, but um, God really opened up doors for me and uh, continued that that sport uh, desire and success uh, through college and did pretty well there and was able to play even beyond college. Um, And really, so you can see, I had some really unique experience and uh, was very fortunate um, in that sport life experience. And then it continued on even unto my professional uh, career. Had a lot of unique, uh, have had a lot of unique success uh, in in my specific position. And uh, it, it inspires people and they react as such and they give you, uh, you know, just a lot of uh, verbal accolades and continue to pat your back and give you a high five. And you see that they're inspired and they're, they're wild at, at the success and they acknowledge it and it feels good. And it, it can easily become uh, something that you thirst for and hunger for more. And so you see, that stuff has had been built in me over time, and I've always had to be very weary of that, especially recently, uh, as as I've you know the last you know decade of my life have been more aware of of those things and battled, you know, not getting caught up in the success of all that and becoming too prideful and uh, I guess cocky. So you have to be very careful with that. But you can see how that stuff was planted inside of me, and how that worked. Uh, Not so much for the good all the time. But you know, culture and society does that, right? As a whole. And we can all relate to this to some degree. Because the culture and society today says that 
you should feel good, that you should be, you should consume and you should be comfortable. Um, whatever you want, you can get now. Uh, you can get it fast. Um, if you can't get it and you don't have the money, then just get a credit card so you can get it now, right? <laughs> How about the phone? The cell phone is a, is a, is a classic, um, I think, uh, illustration of, you know, getting the next big best thing, right? I'm using my phone and then I'm, I'm working maybe at 50% capacity of the phone and getting familiar with it. And before you know it, the new model is coming out. And guess what I'm in? I'm in line to get the next new big phone, right? Culture and society has, has us sort of in this routine, right? And so we have to be very careful with that. Well, I've also noticed that in the church, Yes, in the church, a lot of this culture and society has seeped into the church. And so a lot of teachers and preachers are beginning to teach this as if it's right, that you, that you can have the blessings of God now and they're supposed to be big and mighty, right? And, and it puts you at the center of everything. You're now like the sports star. You're the rock star. You're the, the professional who has succeeded and is king of the hill with God's blessing in your life of health and wealth, you can have it now. I'm not saying that God doesn't want to bless us, but you need to define what that blessing is. Maybe the pain is the blessing. Maybe the struggle itself is the blessing. Maybe it's not God's will for you to, to live in a six-figure, with a six-figure income, right? Maybe it's not God's will for you to live 80 years in perfect health. Maybe cancer is God's will for your life. I look at a lot of scripture and I can see that that's true. But you know, I don't want to get caught up in that. But I, what I want to do is I want to, I want to turn to scripture specifically about this deception and temptation to live in the worldly now. I say again, let's look at God's word in regards to the, the deception and temptation to live in the worldly now. You see, I'm coming from the book of Matthew. Now, you have to remember the book of Mac Matthew has a purpose. You see, its purpose was primarily written to the Jews first, right? To prove that Jesus is their Messiah King. And it has many themes in it. One of the themes that's taught is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God defined is not the definition we might think. It's not what culture and society teaches what the kingdom is like in our own world, in our own mind, with human at the center. It's not a kingdom of man. It's a kingdom of God. And you see, this kingdom is very different. And Jesus models this, what the kingdom is like. And we are to follow in his footsteps. You see, Satan knows this, that Jesus has come to be obedient to his father and to live out the kingdom according to his will and according to the Father's plan. So in Matthew chapter 4, we see very clearly that Satan tries to stop him and substitute the kingdom of the world for the kingdom of God. In the third temptation in Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 8, it reads, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and behold, 
the angels came and began to minister to him. You see, you see what Satan does? He tries to offer a substitute kingdom. A kingdom that's of this world. He tries to give it to him now. He tries to get to him fast, quick, in a hurry. Because he knows that the kingdom that Jesus is living for is not the kingdom that Satan is trying to manage and sustain. And so it's important for us to see this, that the kingdom is more of a future thing, right? This kingdom is more of a future thing. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a kingdom on earth because there is something on earth that we can experience. Jesus is living out the kingdom in their midst. But it's not the kingdom that Satan is trying to offer, where man becomes the center of it, where it becomes all about man. It's not the kingdom of man that we need to be about. Not our own kingdom, but the kingdom of God. And what does that look like? Well, read the Gospels. Focus on Christ. See how he lives it out and model that. You see God's word. God's word teaches us that some of the stuff we experience in this life and culture and society and even some of the things that are taught in the church are contrary to the word of God. There's another Old Testament. I mean, if you look at the very first incident with Satan coming to man, he offers him what? Power and makes man the center. If you look at the temptation very closely in Genesis chapter 2 and 3 there, you will see this. So I want to encourage you to think about the deception and the temptation to live in the worldly now is a real thing. And we must focus on Christ and follow him. You see, it's the future grace that which is our present hope. It's the future grace that which is our present hope. So if you want peace and power and satisfaction in this life, in the here and the now, it's not in the world, right? It's only found in Christ and what he is going to offer in the future ultimately. You can have him now. You can know him now. And that is abundant life. But ultimately, we are to follow him. We are to take up our cross, deny ourselves in this world, in this life, always keeping our eyes ahead to the future grace. That abundant life that the world tries to sort of offer and substitute is much greater, but it's in the future. So be careful that you don't allow Satan to substitute for you the here and the now for the world to come. I end with a quote from Charles Spurgeon, great mid-19th, late 19th century preacher, said this. He said this, and I quote, Adjust the age to the Bible, not the Bible to the age. So we know what our age right now is preaching and teaching and trying to instill in us. But we must adjust the age to the Bible and not the Bible to the age. Beware of the deception and temptation to live in the worldly now. Follow Christ. Live for the kingdom of God. 
Deny what the world is trying to offer you. Seek the word of God. Hide it in your heart. It's a light unto your path.